Lights, camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome to Lights, Camera, Asia. I'm Jake Chen. This week, we will continue to look at the stories presented in a mini online series called Hong Kong West Side Stories. This is a collection of twelve short episodes that together tell the stories of the struggles and life of everyday people in Hong Kong. We looked at two episodes last week. In which some youngsters in Hong Kong experience much misfortune in their personal life after their romantic adventures go awry. Without going through the stories again, it is worth mentioning that these characters themselves are not faultless, and that they didn't take their own relationship seriously. So the question is, what happens? When people do show a willingness of being sincere and committed in their relationship, do things get better? The short answer is well, not necessarily. And to explore that scenario, let's look at this episode called "Jim Man in the Dream." The Chinese title reads "因为寂寞所以健身," which means he will once go to the gym when he feels lonely. And this is a pretty good indication of things to come. The show opens with a heavy-set young man standing in the elevator. When the door opens, the two ladies behind him complain about him blocking the way, clearly a jab and mockery at his body shape. And before he could even finish his apologies. 上唔到网啊！我睇系咪松咗？哦，你咁嘅样，冇可能松。The front desk receptionist Judy calls him a tech dog, which I guess in Hong Kong lingo is probably a less respectable term for a geek. And she proceeds to ask him to fix her computer. He gets annoyed and takes her monitor away, claiming that it was the monitor that caused the problem. And before he even settles in on his desk, another colleague approaches him. The colleague invites him to a karaoke party, saying that a lot of pretty ladies will be present. And the parts that really get me is when he actually does not beat around the bush, and straight up tells him that the reason he invites him is because he isn't particularly good-looking at all, which will in turn make himself look good in front of the women. Our protagonist gives him the finger, but still reluctantly agrees to come along. You might have noticed that by now, which is three minutes in and several scenes into the episode. We still haven't heard of his name yet, and it's true. Everyone who has interacted with him has only called him by nicknames, and really unflattering nicknames at that. What is even worse is that people mostly interact with him when they are in need, 
or help for computer-related problems. From a filmmaking perspective, I must say that the director has done a pretty good job in establishing a character who is not very much liked, who is overlooked and not respected by his peers. And by not showing his name and making him look somewhat disrespected, the director also manages to shine a light on the set of values by which people judge him, which is entirely based on appearance. Although our protagonist appears bitter and annoyed by some of these interactions, he is mostly a reasonably nice person and is willing to help when people ask him. Within just a few minutes, the director has already shown us how the misfortune of a person is directly connected to the prevailing values in the society, and how these values sometimes could be pretty far from ideal. When we next see our protagonist in the karaoke room, he sits by himself on a couch in the distant background, while people in the foreground are singing, drinking, and playing card games. You know the usual activities in a karaoke shop. He is again called upon to fix a malfunctioning TV in the room, and when he gets mocked again for his appearance, he finally had enough and storms out of the room. You okay, ma? I'm Ashton. Ah, uh, just, just, they are bad, but actually, they are not bad. And actually, you are just a while he's angry and kicking a sign pole on the side of the road, one of the young ladies from the karaoke room approaches him. She gently tells him not to mind the harsh jokes, and she then exchanges her phone number with him and tells him that she actually likes guys with a bigger frame. This is not just the first time that he gets some proper female attention. This is also the first time that our protagonist gets a chance to introduce his own name. He tells Achun, the young lady, that his name is Mo Zhi. A positive reinforcement could often change a person's attitude quite drastically, and it certainly is the case here. The following day. Mo Zhi decides to have a total do-over of his appearance, and he heads straight to the gym. The moment he sets foot in the door, he is met with a non-stop barrage of smiles and sales. The receptionist tries to sell him a two-year membership at a discount instead of just one year. And then, before he could even react, his coach tries to get him to sign up on one class after the next, from weightlifting to spinning to cycling to yoga—you name it. Mo Zhi is eager to lose weight and impress the young lady at this point, 
and under this strong drive, he becomes very gullible and easily convinced. Here's a quick comment on gym membership. Though many elements in this television series are somewhat exaggerated for dramatic effects, this part about the sales tactic in the gym is actually realistic. It is a common practice for gyms around the world, and believe me, I've been to many of them, to try to convince newcomers to sign up for as long as possible. One of the main channels through which gym generate revenues is to have newcomers who, statistically speaking, mostly just come in the first month or so of the gym memberships before they no longer show up. So what sounds like an X amount of dollars for a whole year mostly ends up being that amount for a month or two. The same goes for those classes. Those who run the gym understand perfectly that those who sign up for the classes would only come to a handful of practice before they eventually give up. These are, at best, questionable business and sales practices, or at worst, an act of swindling. At this point, Moji is totally hot-headed after getting some female attention for the first time, and he can't even think straight. He even agrees to go into debt and pay out of his credit card for some of the classes. Heck, he even signs up for a class that allegedly helped him grow in height. A couple of days later, he gets a message on his mobile phone telling him that a gym has ceased operation. A telephone call confirmed the bad news, and what's even worse is that his membership and all the classes that he paid for are all gone. He goes to the gym, but clearly just arguing with people who are not actually in charge doesn't solve anything. He's lost over 100,000 Hong Kong dollars, which is roughly 13,000 US dollars. And the feeling of being swindled certainly doesn't make this better. While he's soaking in the feeling of desperation in the bathroom, the colleague of his, the one from earlier who called him to the karaoke shop, says that if he's bold enough to go to the gym and pay that much out of his pocket, why doesn't he just pluck up the courage and ask the lady out directly? This is a much-needed wake-up call for Mo Zhi, but eventually it also leads him to an even worse place. Much to Mo Zhi's surprise, Chun agrees to come out and meet with him. When the two do sit down at a restaurant, the first thing that Atrun pulls out of her bag is a investment plan for gold. She introduces himself now this time formally, saying that she works for a company that does investment in different mutual funds and goals and that she strongly recommends that Mo Chun invest his money in the gold market, which, according to her, is the best time right now. Mo Zhi has been overlooked, joked about, and disrespected many times throughout this film, but at this point, he finally loses it when he finds out that even the person that he thought likes him is actually in it, just so she can make a profit. You 
The last question that Mojir asked her was that, "Are you in this just to make fun of me? Are you all in this just to make fun of me?" Which I think is not just a question for the young lady, but also a question for the entire society that is Hong Kong, one that judges people on such a shallow, superficial level, which leads to the endless suffering of a man that, by all account, is pretty innocent. We'll dive more into the subject matter in next week's episode of Lights Camera Asia. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Jake Chen. Talk to you next week. <laughs>